Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you feel like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Love at First Sight still exists. It's available at your local shelter. This June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions. Hell, I suck at dating with Dean Ungler and Jared Haven, an iHeartRadio podcast. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the very special Labor Day weekend edition of Help I Suck at Dating. We thank you so much for joining us. We've got the whole squad with us today. Jared's with us. We have Mark somewhere over there. We've got Becky. You met all of these people last week. We've got Easton somewhere in the world. Probably not listening, but he's at least logged into the Zoom call. Jared, what's going on, man? How was your Labor Day weekend? It was good. Easton's definitely listening. He just put his face up. Uh, my Labor Day weekend was good. I flew back from the East Coast, so we are back in Los Angeles now. Uh, I got uh, a test for COVID today, so we'll wait for the results on that. But, dude, it was good. It was just pretty low-key, like I said, traveling and uh, hanging out at the house now. Ashley and I have a movie date night planned for tonight. We're going to watch Scream 4 because we're going to try, you know, September. It's getting towards Halloween. Um and that's about it. How was your Labor Day weekend? Uh, what did I do this Labor I've been doing a lot of van renovations, so I spent most of the weekend cutting wood, painting. I saw Kayla electric- was painting quite uh, handsy. She's good. Yeah, she was she, – uh, yeah. yeah. I don't think either of us w- – I don't think we would either call each other good at pa- – dude, painting is hard. It's like – in theory, you're just like, oh, you're just rubbing a brush up and down some wood. It's going to be fine. But then, like, you paint and it dries and you look at it and you're like, wow, that really sucked. Did you find that so, it was a good bonding experience between the two of you? Or was did, did it, like, uh, tear your relationship apart? Did you guys start arguing? Or was it, like, um, a really nice moment? No, it was neither of the things. I mean, it's <laughs> it funny because I said – I well, what's funny is I was like, this is going to be a great bonding moment for us, just jokingly. And Kaylin goes, what do you mean? We're like, we're already bonded. How do we, how do we need to keep having bonding moments? And it was just, it was a very funny moment that I guess maybe isn't as funny now that I'm retelling the story. But uh, no, there was some like, there was some hurt feelings, not like obviously seriously hurt hurt feelings feelings or anything like that. Well, just because it's like, you know, she would paint something and she does, she did a fantastic job and I'm eternally grateful that she was there helping me paint. 
But then I would look at it and be like, no, like, and it was just like my stupid, like perfectionism where I'm like, which is like, I'm never a perfectionist, obviously. But like, you know, when you are working on your own things and you want them to be done to the best of the ability that you're capable of. And I saw like one little stroke out of place and I was like, no, 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 we got to go and do another layer of paint over this to make sure everything is even. Uh, but it was all obviously good hearted and fun and everything. But yeah, we got most of the painting done. We got... I got a couple new lights installed. I got a, a bunch of new van stuff installed. So we got a bunch of work done, which is really nice. I've been like, so obviously, as you guys know, I like, I did the van last year with my dad. And then like a month ago, I gutted the whole thing. And I was like, you know what? This van sucks. Like, I, I don't like anything about it. So that's why I took it all apart. And that's why I'm doing all of this now. And uh, even in its incomplete state, it is like leaps and bounds better than it used to be. So it's pretty nice to be able to like, you know, have a part and had obviously have because when I did the van the first time I didn't have Kaylin with me and so it's now it's nice to be able to like stay in the van with Kaylin and both of us be like oh like we both had a hand in creating this little home that we get to travel around in you know so that's like it's that's definitely the great bonding experience well that's what I was going to ask you are you so when you redid the van this past weekend did you redecorate it more just like whatever you wanted or now is Kaylin having a say like oh I think this would look better like, for example, when you decorate an apartment, you know, you do it for both. I'm like, okay, Ashley, yeah. well, you know, we have to compromise because a guy and a girl are living here and we both have different likes. Are you doing yeah. the same thing with the van or is it just kind of your style? No, it's you're absolutely right. And it's uh, it's a lot of like, when we're painting, I'll be like, do you think I should paint this? And like, I'll have, I'll have the answer already in my head, but I'm curious to hear like what she would say and like how she would weigh in on the situation. And Usually, I would say almost 99% of the time we agree on things. So it's like, should we paint this? No, 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 we shouldn't paint that. Should we paint that? Yeah, we should definitely paint that. Uh, and then also, like, the only reason there's a toilet in there now, because when I first did the van, there was no toilet. But now there's a toilet in there. And the reason I have a toilet is just specifically for Kalen. Like, as a guy, you can just step outside into the woods and take a, you know, take a piss wherever you want to take a piss. But as a girl, it's a little bit more, uh, there's a little bit more steps involved. And so it's nice that she ha kind of has that ability you know, like, especially like in uh, urban areas too. Like we haven't really done much urban camping in the van, her and I, but there were a couple of times where I was like sleeping in it in LA and I like really had to use the bathroom at like three in the morning, but like I'm parked on some, some streets and it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? I could like pee in a, like a water jug or something. But then it's like, you know, you're, you're stumbling through the night, you're aiming, sometimes you miss, there's like a little bit of a stench that sticks around. So it's nice to have, uh, that. <laughs> what, what happens if you guys have to defecate? Uh, no, there's a very strict rule of no number twos in the van. So what do and you we've do? actually, we've upheld the no, number two rule pretty good. Uh, I mean, you know, it's like two, number twos are way more predictable. You can just like take a trip down to a gas station. Are they that uh, predictable though? Like sometimes, I mean, sometimes they're unpredictable and those are the ones that you need something ASAP. Yeah, listen, under extreme circumstances, of course, we'll, we'll do number twos, number threes in the van, but we haven't gotten there yet. And it's actually been a pretty good system. Like, there, I, even to this day, there's probably only been like five number ones. Like, we try not to do it that frequently just because it's, you know, it's, it's kind of weird that there's a toilet literally touching the bed that you sleep in every single night. Um, but yeah, we, we found a way to make it work. And it's been a good, it's been a good Labor Day. It's like looking at the van now, it looks much better than it did before. It's still, like I said, is incomplete, but we're getting closer and closer to having it finished and labor day was was helpful for that because otherwise uh you know caitlin was able to fly out to colorado which is where we are now and we were able to get some work done but anyways enough about me enough about the van enough about caitlin enough about all that crap well definitely not we're not done talking about vans i'll tell you that much 
Well, you're absolutely right. And, and, and you're right because for the listeners, we have a very special episode today. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, maybe like a month or two ago, I met a girl in Sequoia when Kaylin and I were on a trip up in Sequoia. We met a couple fellow van lifers and she was kind enough to agree to come on the podcast and tell us all about her experience with van life. She's been doing it for, I think, like over a year now. Um, so we're going to have her come on and, and talk to us about her experience with the van life. I want to get to know more about like her dating lifestyle in the van because 96% of my lifetime in my van has been with a girlfriend who's been very understanding and I've never really been single in it. So um, that's coming up. What else are we doing today, Jared, besides that? Well, we're talking about, uh, well, number one, we said last week that we we're going to bring new dating terms to every podcast. So I found another one that I don't think we've talked about yet on this podcast. You know, like dating slangs. Like we talked about ghosting last week. I've already forgotten the term. Oh, Michelle's there. Hello. Michelle somehow made it into the Zoom Holy call before sorry. we were able to take our break. <laughs> scared the out of me. Michelle, we're so stoked to have you on, but we can't talk to you right now. We have to take a commercial break, and then we're going to jump right back in, and we'll, I guess we'll just get right to it. And then, Jared, hopefully you can save your dating terms for later, or better yet, maybe we can answer and, and talk about them with Michelle. That'd be great. Sweet. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break. You guys, as listeners, stay tuned, and we are going to get right to Michelle. At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies. The list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois and my life has never been the same and I love her so much and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just and a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And, and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So 
I, I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and, and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th. And the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now. Well, Kaylin. I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable. I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great, but also I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches. There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. And as promised, we have a van lifer here. Her name is Michelle, and she has been living in a van for, I think, like, thir- how long? Over a year, obviously, right, Michelle? Yeah, I, almost two years, actually. Almost two years. Yeah. Two years in November. Awesome. Okay, cool. So for the listeners, I gave them like a quick little background about you and all that stuff. And I've heard it all from you too, from when we were in Sequoia together. But I want you to be able to at least share uh, with the listeners like how you got into it, why you're doing it, what you love about it, uh, just kind of like the whole genesis of the situation. Cool. Actually, I um, I got into it kind of through music festivals. I saw some people doing it when I was working at music festivals probably like six years ago um and then fast forward like three years after that I was like I'm gonna build my own band so that was you know like three years ago now um I did it mostly because I wanted to travel and do photography so that was like one of the main goals just learn more travel around and see see the the states nice how how old are you Michelle I'm 29. 29. So you were 27, kind of when right around there when you moved into the van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I bought it about like six months before I left. So, and built it out. It took about three months. And so, what did you tell your friends and family when you were like, "Hey, listen, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna move into a van and live there." <laughs> um, it's funny because I have like an accounting and like finance degree, so it was like very, like, out of the blue. Kind of, but I've always been a traveler, so they they weren't too surprised. Um, They weren't super supportive, but they now love it and are supportive and think it's awesome. So that's good. I've got a question for you. So when I first did it, uh, all of my friends and family were very supportive of it. They were like obsessed with the idea. They're like, awesome. We love it. But there was like a like a public stigma, I guess, attached to it where people that I've never met or have never known before were like, talking down on the idea of it all. Have you experienced that at all? Because so for the listeners, follow Michelle on Instagram. It's Michelle.Lawrence, right? Yeah, with two E's. Yep. So follow her on Instagram. She has a wonderful aesthetic and is a very talented photographer. And you're not going to regret that. But have you experienced any like public backlash or um, 
anything like that for the choices that you've made for your lifestyle? I feel like I get a little bit discriminated against uh, because my van looks old. And so if I'm in a parking lot or doing something totally normal, people will like, just because it's a van, call me out on things that like, oh, a car has been here for, you know, parked here for four hours, but they'll notice my van first. I don't know if you get that. Uh, yeah. you're, in a, you're in a sprinter, right? Yeah, I am. It's mine is like clearly a conversion and yours is a little bit more incognito, I think. Yeah, but if I'm in a really nice neighborhood and parked on the side of the street, yeah. I get like some like people will be like, oh, there's a sketchy van and like sometimes call the cops or, you know, yeah. come out and knock and be like, oh, I have children. So I was just checking to make sure that you were <laughs> normal, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Which is like you can it's like annoying, but you can kind of understand where they're coming from, too, I feel like. Right. Yeah, no, fully. Yeah. I, I welcome it. I usually if I'm parked outside someone's house, I was in Santa Cruz for a while and um, I would like park and go surf and walk around this place called The Point. It's just on the ocean. And I would always try to like make sure the neighbors knew that I was that it was me and it was my van. And but it's pretty fun. Yeah. I'm like, hi, I'm your neighbor now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm obviously yeah. the one who's he, I don't know if I could do it because like I remember watching <laughs> this is gonna be I, I saw into the wild uh okay. and loved the movie loved the story of chris mccandless ended up reading the book and i was thinking to myself i would love to just let go of everything cut up my credit cards you know and just live in the woods somewhere you know and i'm sure that's it was a little bit of an inspiration for you both even though you guys have very nice vans and it, it's honestly like a studio apartment at this point but I guess like after a week, I wouldn't be able to do it just because I would miss the normalcy. I would be honestly, I'd be too scared. That's what it would really come down to. So that's your head to be scared. Yeah, I mean honestly, I would I would be scared. What would be you scared. be? What would you be afraid of? I'd be afraid of someone breaking into the van. I would be afraid of like uh, being um, like like you guys said. Uh, not a nuisance to people, but like people looking at me weirdly. Like you guys talked mm. about even parking on the side of the street and like having to find a place to park where you're not going to have the cops called on you. That would make me nervous. Yeah, no, I, I feel like I need to reiterate that like most of the time people are too worried about their own lives to focus on what's going on around them. So I would say like 99.9% .9 of the time, no one notices me. Like mm -hmm. even though I'm a girl in a van, people are just walking down the street. They don't even look at it. Um, it's just like a few times in the two years, it's probably been like a handful of times that something's happened where someone will be like, oh, you're in the wrong space. Or like, I kind of will park in like a, uh, like the gym, I shower at Planet Fitness. So I'll park in the parking lot and some of them are, you can park overnight and some you can't. And so like, it'll be like situations like that, but most of the time, nobody really notices you at all in right. my opinion. I think that uh, that I've only had like less than I've only been doing it less than you, and especially with my injury when I was living with Kaylin full time, uh, mm -hmm. even less because of that. But there was a few circumstances where, or a few instances where, just because it was a van in a parking lot, people get like slightly more suspicious of it. And so I think we I was in a parking lot once for even like forty five minutes, and uh, a cop came banging on the door, and he like made me get out, and he was like looking around, is like well, he's like yeah, we got some complaints about you being parked here. I was like, I'm literally just sitting here watching no. Netflix, you know? Yeah, no loitering is what they'll say. Yeah, yeah, do you yeah, guys, yeah. Do you guys think this is will be the rest of your life? Or do you see yourself, you know, so one day getting out of the van and, and, and going back to, you know, an apartment house, so on and so forth? People ask me this a lot. And, like, recently I've been having 
people just be like, oh, well, how long are you going to do it? Because I initially was telling people I was just going on a three month road trip. And then, but like in the back of my head, I knew that if I liked it, I would continue to do it. And so like, I'm almost 30. Well, I'll be 30 in June. And I'm like, I have no, like, I don't want to live in a house. I can't imagine maybe eventually, but like maybe like a couple of years down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have no, I have no desire to rent at all. And this is like an extremely easy, fun way to live. So what about you? And- um, well, Michelle, yeah. you have a name for your van, right? Yeah, it's Carl. Carl. So you couldn't imagine yeah. giving Carl up anytime soon. No. Which, I, I and people ask me, like, when Carl dies, what are you going to do? I'm like, Carl's not going to die. He's a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a horrible way to I say. I will fix him. Um, yeah. I'm very much the same. I'm in the same boat, too, where I don't see myself really renting a place again. Um, but I guess I've kind of been intrigued. And toying, we, Kaylin and I have been toying around with the idea of, like, buying a place that we yeah. would like split time between that and the van. Um, I agree. Yeah, same. But yeah, I agree. It's like once you kind of experience like not having to pay rent and the ability to kind of like move around freely as you want to, it's like if you were to go back to renting an apartment somewhere on the East Coast or West Coast or wherever it is, you're kind of like stuck in that spot. Especially like renting because you're ba- you're 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 paying so much money to essentially lease out a space for a short amount of time. And if you're not there while you're renting, you feel like you're like paying for something that you're not getting anything from. So it's like, why would you not want to be at your rental property? You know, so um, I'm kind of the same boat too. When I first did it, and again, I, I feel we were talking to you about this because I have kind of gotten the cheapskate way of doing the whole van life thing no. where I bought the van, moved into the van. I did it for like four months and then I got a girlfriend and then I basically moved into my girlfriend's apartment. Uh, and but that then was I would because be- of quarantine, right? Yeah, and well, and I broke my leg, and so it was because of that as well. But I, what's I've, the cheapskate way of doing it? I don't get it. I, yeah, you're selling yourself short. <laughs> well, I guess I haven't really fully, uh, like I've committed to the lifestyle of van lifing, right? But I still have the luxuries of having like an anchor point back in Santa Monica at Kaylin's apartment or whatever. But isn't that it is. the best of both worlds? Isn't that what you like, Michelle? Is that something you'd want one day to be able to have van life, but also the security of? Uh, so home. I get this a lot where, so I'll be in a house, right? And people will be like, oh, you're in a house. It's like, because I live in a van, I'm not allowed to be in a house anymore. Right. Like I can still have friends that have houses and I can use their bathroom at, like when I'm at their house, you know what I mean? So I feel like a lot of people, because you're in a van, like if you're dating someone that's in a house, you would go, like, even if you were in a house, you would go, go over to their house. house. Yeah. So it's essentially the same thing. It just becomes this this thing where you kind of live outside their house and then things get... <laughs> <laughs> because you're it's like just you're like roommates weird. kind of and where you can yeah things get really intense very fast if you start right. dating someone especially when they live in a house and even if they live in a van too and you're dating someone that lives in a van you're you're just like traveling together and parking next to each other so it gets really intense for- <laughs> so is that like uh, and i'm kind of being facetious but at the same time i do want to know this is that kind of like the facebook official way of dating someone in van lice is if you guys like okay now we're going to start parking next to each other that's a big deal <laughs> yeah. i guess i don't know it depends on the person i think why do you think that is why do you think it is intensifies so quickly because i was trying to think about it while you were explaining that whole situation and i agree with you it does seem yeah. to happen that way and I guess the only way that I could really explain it would be that you have all this time and like the reason that you 
from my understanding, moved into the van was to enable your ability for like exploration and photography and explore these curiosities right. that you have. And a lot of people that live in a van share those same ideas and, and the same mentality. So it's like, why wouldn't you share that with someone else that you might also be like romantically interested in? And so I guess uh, there, that's, that's my, I guess, explanation as to why it intensifies, right? It's just shared interests and the ability to explore those interests together. Right. Yeah. I think also going on trips with people makes you closer. Like you and Kaylin do a lot of traveling together and traveling makes people closer and it makes it feel more intense because you're having those experiences together versus just going over to each other's houses every now and then you're spending like a week together in a small van. So right. it, it makes it more, it makes it feel more intense, I guess. Yeah. Right. No, that, that makes sense. But, but yeah, okay. So Jared was going to get to the point of it and I, and I definitely want to, to, to dive into a little bit more because we are dating podcast. And um, yeah. as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, I think before you joined us, I haven't really been uh, single and living in a van at any point because I've, you know, I've had the van for 14 months and I've dated Kaylin for 13 months. So what right. has your experience been like as a single woman living the van life for the past two years? Just kind of like a brief 30,000 foot overview of what you've experienced. <laughs> well, so I went into living in the van, not really looking for that. Um, I, I was kind of just of the mindset that if I was doing what I loved and learning and exploring and doing the things that I wanted to do, uh, I would find someone that was doing the same. Which is interesting because you're the pool of people that are actually doing or living how they want is is kind of small, which is unfortunate. So when I what I've experienced with dating is that I'll meet someone and they'll see my life and either they'll want to change theirs, which is like very hard to have someone look at you and be like, I want to change my life. I hate my job. I hate living in this apartment, like, I hate everything about my life, can you don't want to like put that on someone. Um, or you find someone so you it kind of narrows your pool, I guess. So you just want to find people that have similar interests to you, which is living in a car, right, which is like, not that many people. But <laughs> well, and, and, and Jared and I have talked about this a lot on this podcast throughout its entire lifespan is we feel like the most successful or at least like the most prevalent dating app is Instagram. And right. we we know that people meet people all the time through DMs and all that kind of stuff. And so when people maybe see your lifestyle, they want to at least be part of it or replicate it. And then do they reach out to you or like what, like meeting people in today, it's easier than it's ever been before, right? So right. when you meet someone that you might be interested in, like how does that all kind of transpire, I guess? I thought also leaving, being like alone in my van, traveling across the country, I would feel lonely. But I've never, like I felt more lonely living in my apartment in a town than I do living in the van, traveling across the country because people are excited about what I'm doing. So they want mm. to hang out more. And they're, yeah. so any town I'm in, there's people like, hey, let's hang out. And even before I had the small following I do, it was it was people from high school or college that were in mm -hmm. random cities and towns that were like, hey, let's grab coffee when you're driving through. So I've I'm like really fortunate that that happened and I didn't get like and I'm kind of an out, I'm outgoing. So I would go into a coffee shop and strike up conversation with a random person yeah. and then hang out with them for a week like that wouldn't be ran. That would be normal for me. So that's such yeah. an interesting point you make too is uh, I feel the exact same way when I was living in my house in Los Angeles with like three of my best friends uh, I, I would never say I felt lonely but I feel like ever since 
I've like definitely focused more on like traveling and doing these things. Um, people get way more excited for me for the things that I'm doing and they feel more inclined to like reach out and like check in. And yeah. so you're maybe like not around as many people as you're used to, but you're definitely like communicating more frequently with the people that you're close with. Yeah, I always tell people that I like chose when I got in the van to play life instead of letting it play me. Like, I feel like we're on this earth to play a game kind of. It's like, do it the best you can, have the most fun, like, you know, obviously be responsible, but don't let life play you. And a lot of, and that mentality shift is like so important for me, especially with dating, um, having someone that like agrees with that and like is living their life to the fullest is really important. So do you guys like living in the van? I guess that's, I love it I never... so much. <laughs> I love it so much. You would like it. If you came and hung out in here, you would like it. It's like a little, little cabin. Honestly, it's the best. It's like, it's, it, it's so nice to be able to wake up in like a small little space, know where everything is, be in a cool new place. And just like, it's cozy. I honestly, yeah, I think it's great. I, I definitely, it's very comfortable. there's a noticeable shift in my like happiness when I am like traveling and doing stuff like that versus when I'm just like, mm -hmm. you know, in Santa Monica or something like that. I'm happy both times, but there's like a very noticeable difference. Yeah. I don't think it's for everyone though. Like I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say everyone, this would be the best fit for everyone. I so think it's just, yeah. let me ask you, Michelle, if you had, if you had to choose one and say, cause we are a dating podcast, obviously. And a guy <laughs> you met either said, I want you to move out of the van for the rest of our lives and buy a house so we can move on? Or would you rather have a guy say, I want to live in a van for the rest of our lives. I never want to live in an apartment or a house again. So you had to choose. What would you choose? I would I would choose a van. For, for the sure. rest of your life? For the rest of my Good life. Good for you. I'm very envious I of swear, you. I swear. I swear. No, I believe yeah. you. But I would, I wouldn't, I'm not trying to be with someone that's like, I want to be in the ha in a house or that's another thing I was thinking about when asked to be on the podcast. It's, it's almost, so I'll meet someone in a random city that I'm in and if I have interest in them and I have plans to leave that city like the next day or the next week, but I kind of like a person <laughs> and I'm like, I don't have plans to come back to this city for a year. It puts a lot of pressure on me. Like, should I stay? Should I see how this goes? And then they know that I'm staying probably because of them. You can play mm -hmm. it off. You know what I mean? A little bit, but it's like, it makes it a little bit confusing because I, I'm not rooted in a place. So I don't have to be anywhere. So if I meet someone somewhere and I'm choosing to stay because of them, that's like a huge pressure, right? So has that Especially situation happened? Yeah, for sure. Can do you, do you mind talking about it? Cause that's very interesting. Well, that's exactly kind of like I was, I met this guy in, in a city, in a city, I guess it was a town, a small town. And we hung out for, you know, a little bit. And then I had plans to go to a different state. And yeah, I guess I just, I went, but I wanted to stay, but I didn't hmm. want it to get intense. So <laughs> I was just like, Do you oh. still talk to him? Uh, yeah. Well, that's very sweet. How long that's ago? Good. How long ago did you leave? <laughs> I feel like you're getting all like cutesy with me. Well, it's, it's very, it's very, ro oh, it's very just very like Nicholas Sparks story right there. You know, where like the girl yeah. in the van meets a guy from a small town, and she's got to go, but she wants to stay, but they don't know if it's ever going to work out, and she leaves, and and then you know, obviously, you guys still have. 
we'll do the bachelorette van life edition i'm very invested in this story right now yeah. dude that would actually be a really good idea michelle is the bachelorette she Just goes like town to town all these van life shooters <laughs> i mean i'm That's 100% so down with this I, I think we should pitch this to a television network right now let's pitch It'd it i'll like, get no. abc on the horn <laughs> how far can you hike though right Right, right. Well, and that's a, that's an interesting point you made earlier too. It's like to Jared's question where he asked you, "Would you rather be with a guy in a house or a guy in a van?" I feel like you wouldn't ever want to be with a guy that would give you that sort of ultimatum, anyways. You no, know what no, I mean? no. Of course, mm-hmm. I was just playing or the game. That, yeah. yeah, or someone that would say something like, "Oh, you have to stay here to date me. If you leave, I don't want to date you." Like I really need to. F- I'm focusing on myself, but if I were to get into a relationship, it would have to be like in and out or like us traveling together i would never like give up what i'm doing or my happiness for just to live in the same place with someone you know all right well michelle so i'll be honest with you our our listener base of this podcast is predominantly female but let's say a guy is listening to this right now and he's very interested in getting your attention what would be the best way for someone to like find you well obviously find you on instagram but like what would be the what would be necessary for him to do to be like for you to get excited to meet him or something like that you know what i mean like how does what's kind of your thing oh no that's a hard one i think it's so situational i definitely like when like you mean like slide in the dms or like or like if you were scrolling through his instagram page what would be something that would jump out to you yeah oh i love i like i love active people so if it's any like sports type of instagram i like that is that what we're is that along the lines yeah, of yeah yeah something so, yeah. so you want somebody's active so would you rather be like yeah. are you looking for like a sports guy or somebody who's more like you know goes on hikes and in wilderness either or would be good like photographers also i've been thinking about musicians because they have a similar lifestyle mm-hmm. that would that would work with my life sure um yeah and then obviously people that like snowboard hike bike but are you even like are you even interested in are you even interested in having someone with you at all times or do you kind of enjoy the aspect of like because you had when 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 michelle and i met uh she was traveling with one of her friends kiera uh which i assume (laughs) is she's still with you yes well she's with some of our friends right now but she's with me yeah so would you rather would you rather keep doing your solo thing and then having your friends come along when they can or would you prefer to have like a romantic partner with you for a large part of it as well because i feel like a a big thing as you mentioned earlier too is like the ability to go out on your own and like experience these things and figure it out on your own i feel like ideally i would meet someone that has like their own projects going on so so it could start off being like you know we're coming in and out and that they have their like they're not just like living my life all of a sudden. Yeah. So they travel and do their own thing. Um, and I travel and do my own thing and we come together like in between. But I wouldn't be opposed to someone to travel with someone full time either. Yeah. It just if it would work out, you know, like if I'm like, oh, I have a job in I want to shoot photos in Utah. Like if I can just go there and they don't have to feel like they have to follow me. Because they have, you know, something that they have to do in Colorado or California or something like that, you know? I feel like that's the only way to have a a sustainable relationship and also do van life. Because 
Dean, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but it seems like that you and Caitlin have a pretty good balance, which is something that you need because even, so I've been married for a little over a year and we've been, my wife and I have been living together for about two and a half years. And it comes to a point where you just need, like, I need another room, you know, I'm very lucky to be able to like, okay, you go in the fan, you know, stay in the living room, watch TV. I'm going to go in my little room to the side and and just Mm -hmm. like play a video game. Like you need that space. And if you guys live together Mm -hmm. in a van, that would be very nervous for me because there is no space unless like you guys said, you have your own things going on. So I guess Michelle, and Dean, I want to get your take on this too. Like, could you ever see yourself living with somebody else in a relationship in one van? I can, but I don't really, I would prefer them to have their own van or their own vehicle. And like, we can sleep in one or the other, but we can have our own separate space. If it's long-term, we're traveling together. Michelle, I think we talked about this too. It's funny seeing, uh, when you post pictures of yourself in your van, you're like, wow, that van is pretty big and spacious, but it's because you're, oh, you're, yeah. you're a small person. And right. so it's like, so I'm, if, yeah, I'm five feet tall. So it, my van's like five one. So a lot of people will be like, I bought the same van and I can't stand up in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm five feet tall. So. Yeah. So it would be hard yeah. to imagine. It would be hard to imagine a guy that's like six feet tall coexisting and cohabitating in the van with you, you know? Well, Dean, that's something you, that you I go have. through. Well, I'm tall. I've got, I've got a high top uh, van, so I can stand in mine. But it's funny right. because mine, my van is, you know, taller than Michelle's, but I feel more cramped in it than when I see photos of her. Yeah. And then especially well, and when it is more cramped in there because you have yeah. so many cabinets. Yeah, I've got a lot. Of, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of storage. That's that's definitely true. <laughs> you need that storage space. I get it, dude. And sometimes and uh, I, I obviously love when Kaylin joins me on the van trips, but she'll like bring her her carry on suitcase into the van. And I'm like, OK, well, I've oh, never really okay. counted where her carry on suitcase is going to go while we're like moving through the van. Um, and then that like makes it extra crowded. So. It's kind of a constant going through things to get rid of things and add things like donate clothes and bring clothes in. Like when Kiara came in the van, she's going to be here for a couple months. I was, I didn't want a suitcase laying around. So I just got rid of half of my stuff basically. And wow. she didn't half of her stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, have you guys, have, how has the experience been with your friend in the van with you? Cause that, that's your, I mean, again, I don't know for certain, but I would imagine that's like your biggest taste of cohabitating in the van. Right? Yeah, has it yeah. gotten? It, have you guys gotten to the been, point yeah. where you get upset with each other or anything like that? Oh yeah, but it's been good. We're very good at communicating, and we often say like, if we communicated with men like this, life would be easier. Because <laughs> yeah. if I of us are feeling something, we just say it, so there's no like grudge holding, you know. Um, and then yeah, she's super helpful and treats it like it's her space, which is really nice instead of it being my space that she's living in. Right. Um, so it's been really good. Nice, yeah. nice. Is yeah. the allure of van life more about living in the van or the ability to travel whenever you want? I think it's a combination. I don't, I feel like my van is as comfortable as an apartment and I don't have to pay for an apartment. Like my van total costs nice. seven, $7,000. Like think about how, like, and I've lived in it for two years. So it saves me a lot of money and like stress, I guess, from having to make money to pay rent. So I can be a little bit more free with the projects that I want to do or learning. Like I, before I left, I had just gotten into photography. 
So like learning how to even make money doing that, I had the ability to do that because I wasn't, I didn't have like intense monthly bills. Yeah, that is, yeah. that is a big point because, you know, both you and Jean yourself, both you and Dean both have professions that you guys are able to do while traveling, which is key. So you said, yeah. you said something that was interesting. Your van was $7,000. So like, what does that get you? So somebody who's listening to this podcast right now thinking to themselves, I want to do van life. I want to yeah. do this. Like, so what is like, if they have like $10,000, what does that get you? Like for you, what, how many miles did your van have? What did it come with like a bed and yeah. yeah. So no, I bought, it's a 1988 GMC Vandura. It 1988. 60, Holy. Yeah. That's awesome. One, a great year. Cause I was born that year, but two, that car, 12, 20, 32 years old. Holy. I, yeah. Dude, I, you I, just I, said you were born that year. It's the yeah, same well, age as you. <laughs> How old am I? So Where am I? <laughs> yeah, so I bought it for $3,300. Um, I talked him down. I bought it from a guy named Carl, and then I named the van after him because he was the coolest guy. He was like a 70-year-old woodworker. Aww. He lived in like a rural, very small town in Vermont. It was so excited about the van and lived in the van in Sedona the year before. He was just super amazing. So, um yeah, so I bought the van and then I gutted the inside and put a bed, a sink, a heater. I have a fan. Got all um, the necessities that you and need. That was all about three or four grand. Yeah. And then how many nice. miles did you get the van for with when you spent a little over so three thousand? So my my odometer's been broken since I got it. It has sixty three thousand miles. Yeah, but it was broken when Carl, the previous owner, had it as well. So. We have no idea. Well, isn't nice. that scary though? Because you know, we we were no, joking earlier that Carl could die and he won't die, but like he could die. <laughs> it's funny too because I had the transmission go out and I brought it, I brought it to the shop, and the guy was like, basically told me to scrap the van because it's like the building the transmission is worth more than the van itself. Mm -hmm. And I was like, did you see the inside though? <laughs> <laughs> and so. <laughs> Uh, I showed him that I live in it and stuff, and it was like $2,000 to fix it, but that was like a one-time fix, and my transmission, I have a three-year warranty on it, and $2,000 added on to like the 7000 is still, what Pretty is good. it, like $92,000 less than a Sprinter van, so I'm, I could fix the transmission every year for like- The rest of your life. 40, for 40 years in comparison to buying a sprinter See, van and having bills each I, month. I just don't know cars that well so is that is that logistically possible to just keep yeah. building the transmission and then the car literally will never die yeah yeah they yeah. have like they soup up old old cars and make them run again it's just you just have to keep fixing it when a when a i guess when something dies it's basically either the van or the car isn't worth as much as fixing it or they can't find the problem. Mm -hmm. So the not finding the problem would be the only issue, but I maintain it. Well, that's kind of the well. nice thing about those, the older vehicles is they're less, uh, less electronic and more mechanical. So they're easier to pinpoint the problems with them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But Michelle, before we let you go, because uh, we need to let you go, but uh, <laughs> one, of the, one of the most common questions I get asked about the van is what kind of advice I would have for people. And I always struggle with that uh, question because my situation is very different than a lot of the people that are inquiring about what advice I would have for them, um, yeah. especially 
because most of the people inquiring are, are women. And I, I feel like women in the van life community are minority, right? Like it's, it's I would say mm-hmm. it's predominantly men. Um, and you kind of were in a unique situation or not, not, not so much, but you like pulled yourself up by the bootstraps essentially and put yourself into this lifestyle. Um, whereas I kind of, uh, had just a kind of a different approach to it. So what kind of advice would you have for the listeners? Like I said, they're, they're predominantly women and, and the ones that are interested in maybe getting into van life, what advice would you have for them to make that transition or that leap or, uh, anything before they would fully dive in? Uh, so before I get into that, I do specifically remember someone asking me the hardest thing about van life and I did respond dating which yeah. is so funny now to think back because it is it is more difficult I feel like to date like finding a bathroom and a shower and like parking is is easy like it's really easy in my opinion to live in a van some people would say not but um yeah dating's probably the hardest part I think because it just gets weird <laughs> but like you said earlier it's not like you're focusing on dating anyway so it's if that's right. the hardest part it's not that hard because exactly make it a priority and it's fun yeah um but so as far as advice um i car camped with an ex-boyfriend of mine before i got the van so he had like a forerunner and we would sleep in the back and so i got experience with him in knowing how to car camp and feeling comfortable and that sort of thing so like as a woman I think a lot of people are just afraid, like Jared's afraid <laughs> to live in a, in a van and think Damn that right. people are going to Yeah. Yeah. So, so as a woman, it's like even, you know, more, I, I don't want to say that it's more scary, but. No, it definitely, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little bit scarier. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. So I would say maybe doing it with someone like even do it, like if anyone wants to come for a week road trip. <laughs> I'll show you how to do it, you know, like I'll show you where to park and where to feel safe. I never park in a place where I don't feel safe. Um, and I think just going for it is like the big one and knowing that it's not going to be as difficult as you think it is. Doing a lot of research. I watched a lot of YouTube videos, but it's really yeah. it's really not that difficult. You just have to like feed yourself, find a shower and find parking. Those are like mm-hmm. the three things that are like different than your normal living in an apartment and stay warm depending on where you are yeah following following the weather is good but i have a heater so yeah i've been i have yet to install my heater it's something i've been meaning to do but i agree with you i think it's just something that you need to just do and then decide later on whether you think it's uh it's for you or not yeah yeah and do it smart like no if you feel uncomfortable in a situation like i don't get out and get into my van too much once i've parked i always park if I'm in like a city or in a small town, I'll park near a nice park with nice houses. I don't park in, in what seems like dangerous locations. Uh, I, I very rarely park by myself with no cell service just so that I have that extra. I have family members that follow me, uh, on my phone to know where I am at all times. No, it's very smart. Yeah. Is there, is there anything at all? Is there anything at all? Is there anything at all that you regret doing or not doing? Uh, as far as my build or like? Anything at all. Anything in general about the van or the lifestyle you've chosen. No regrets. No regrets. No, I love Not even one letter. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like everything that I, that 
has gotten me to this point has happened for a reason. So I feel like it's all been good and it's all been extremely fun. I was really happy that I did it by myself for a year. Like now I have Kira traveling with me. I'm traveling with more people, but I was just kicking it alone, meeting new people, going to festivals or like music concerts. You can't really do that with COVID, but I was doing things by myself, going to restaurants by myself, doing computer work, learning how to use my tripod and take photos and all this stuff. So it was like really fulfilling to learn new things, do something independently, not relying on anyone else. That was, yeah, that's a... It's a big recommendation. Heck yeah, you're killing it too. Um, Well, so for the listeners out there that want to follow along with Michelle, be sure to check her out on Instagram. It's michelle.lawrence with two E's at the end of Lawrence. Yeah, everything was taken. Why don't you just DM michelle.lawrence and be like, yo, give me this uh, this handle. I don't know. I feel like she's got it, so... (laughs) <laughs> and now you're Lawrence with twoies anyways um, alright yeah. Michelle well thank you so much for joining us we appreciate it uh, and hopefully our vans will cross paths one of these days soon again thank you Michelle yeah so nice meeting you it was so nice meeting you too at Walmart there's a whole collection of black lead products that fit into your daily routine we encourage you to show black founders some love not just during black history month but all year long there is power in every purchase every time we purchase from a black lead brand we make room for another black lead brand black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart some amazing black owned businesses that are available at Walmart include the lip bar Zach and Zoe honey partake cookies the list goes on and on Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois and my life has never been the same and I love her so much and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was, Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we, we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And, and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So I, I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and, and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes 
and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now. Well, Kaylin, I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable. I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great, but also I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches. There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. And we are in the final segment of Labor Day edition of this podcast. Anyways, I don't know what I'm saying right now. I'm just speaking words that come to my brain. We've got the whole group of dudes at your disposal. We have emails. We've got Jared's dating terms. We've got so many do's and don'ts, things to be answered, questions. Uh, uh, I'm just going to stop talking now and hand it over to Jared. I think that's the best for everybody. Uh, so we have yeah. some dating terms over here, like we promised earlier. And then Michelle so kindly graced us with her presence. That was a great segment. She was really, really cool. I'm glad that uh, you brought her on. Uh, but the first dating term, I'm curious if you guys have any idea what this possibly means. Hopefully, we haven't talked about it on the podcast before. You guys know what mooning is? And no, I don't mean pulling your pants down. Uh, the only definition of mooning I know is when you pull your pants down. Uh, any guesses over there? Easton, Mark, what could mooning be in the dating world? Uh, I'm going to guess it's when you're so into somebody... You're mooning over them, so like you know, you are fawning over them. Like you can't see anything but them. Unfortunately, that is incorrect. Easton, any guesses? I I think it's a um, shortening of honeymooning, like the honeymoon phase. Like you're oh. you're just you're seeing things through rose-colored glasses. You're ignoring some potential faults or red flags. Ooh, that's such a good guess. Unfortunately, not the correct one. Mooning. This is the correct definition on uh, Zeusk.com. So please take this with a grain of salt. Is someone texting you too much? That's usually when people moon. And no, I'm not talking about pulling down your pants to show someone your backside. Mooning, someone is putting your phone on do not disturb when someone calls you. So named because, oh, it's so named because of the little half moon icon on your iPhone. The example is, I can't handle all of Jake's text right now. I'm going to moon him, a.k.a. put him <laughs> on Do Not Disturb. That, wow. That's pretty funny. I'm, I'm curious if people are getting mooned right now listening to this. What about monkeying? You guys know what monkeying Wait, is in the dating world? Bef before we jump to monkeying, I do want to say that I am always on mooning mode. I'm always mooning everyone. My phone is never not on Do Not Disturb. Yeah, you're wow. a big moony wow. guy. I am a big Mooney guy. And you want to know, I'm just going to share a quick story before we jump to monkeying, is this actually came to bite me in the butt not too long ago, maybe two or three months ago. I was getting out of my car, and I dropped my phone in the middle of the street, and I went back up into Caitlin's apartment. We ate dinner. We were sitting there an hour later. I was like, where's my phone? I haven't seen my phone in a while. Uh, and so I start freaking out, and I track it on Caitlin's phone, and it turns out it's like you know a mile away. So someone picked up my phone and walked away with it. 
Uh, and so I started texting and calling him and eventually I got through to him and I was like, Hey, like, I think you have my phone. And this guy was like, super, uh, super helpful. And was like, yeah, here I am. Come meet me and you can get your phone. And so I was like, cool, Kaylin, I'm going to take your phone, go get my phone. But since my phone was on mooning mode, I called this guy like 50 times and I was like, this guy's blowing me off. He's going to steal my phone and cash in on a big payday. But the phone, the phone calls just weren't like illuminating the screen or anything like that. And so it took me like three hours to track this guy down. And eventually I did. Um, so that, so mooning as great as it is, might come to bite you in the butt sometimes. So you're going to stop mooning? No, I still moon to this day. I'm just going to be more, more, more conscious of where I leave my phone, you know? Dean moons himself. Uh, monkeying, any guesses what monkeying could be in the dating world? I think it's a shortened form of monkey branching and it's going from, um, partner to partner as monkeys do to trees. That's what exactly what I was thinking too. See, I think it's something different. I think it's um, you know, you know, the the great apes have a practice of um picking like bugs and things out of their partners like back in their hair. I think it's some yeah, kind uh-huh. of intimate exchange like that. I think it's it's a very deep level of intimacy. Uh, Ethan, right, well, well, I love how much you looked into it, but unfortunately, you're wrong. Uh, while we're on the while we're making outrageous claims too, I'm gonna say that monkeying is uh, some weird like fixation with monkey tails. And so what you do is you make your partner put on a, a tail that looks mm-hmm. like a monkey tail. That's monkey. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, that's exactly the way it is, Dean. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mark is correct on this one. When it comes to dating, monkeying means bouncing from relationships to relationship without having time for yourself in between. Monkeying can lead to repeating old patterns and developing bad habits when it comes to the type of people you go out of. The example is Aaron Stop monkeying and give yourself a break from dating for once. Yeah. And we don't like monkeying, especially on this podcast. We always encourage people to take some time for themselves. Figure that you can't love someone else until you love yourself. And you can't love yourself if you're always monkeying. I I couldn't agree more. Do you guys want one more or should we get to emails? One more. One One more. more. One more. One more. One more. more. (laughs) All right. So this one is R bombing. R bombing. Oh, Dean sounds like he knows this one. No, I'm just trying to think of what R bombing could so be. So it's the letter th- R bombing. Yes, of course, of course. I think what it means is when you tell someone over and over again how how <laughs> how real they are. They are so sick of being called real, but you keep R bombing them. You're dropping an R bomb on them about how real they always are. It's like okay. stop being real and just be like, you know, just be a little fake for a second okay okay interesting mark ah gee uh i'm trying to think of like a, 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 a inappropriate word that starts with r that they might be abbreviating here and i can't come up with one yeah. so i'm gonna say it's um it's as i know you spelled it that way but it's a tweak it's when somebody's always saying are are you here yet are you okay are you Ooh, are you okay. mad at me what's going on nice that's a good one that's Those a good people one are very annoying i get that I, I, I have, I'm you sorry, I have two guesses. People. I don't know if this is allowed. <laughs> I have two guesses. One is uh, someone who's always interested in a certain job that may start with an R. That's something I was thinking about. That, that's okay, a, interesting, a, interesting. A, that's I'm, the, I'm loving these race, answers here. That's the dirt. race car driver, <laughs> radio host. <laughs> uh, but the other idea is uh, maybe it's someone who's constantly saying like i'm so ready i'm ready uh, i'm just so i'm Ooh. so ready for anything but they're never actually starting anything there's i'm ready yeah, to get married think, i'm ready to have kids i'm ready to move in with you i think easton's on it i think that's the answer I, i'm on easton's camp now uh i think that that should be the answer because that's the best one i've heard unfortunately <sighs> everybody is wrong here our bombing is 
when you read someone's message and don't respond, you are R bombing them. Uh. The example is Alex is totally R bombing me. I can see he read my text two hours ago and he still hasn't responded. R-bombing. So it's leaving someone unread. Exactly. Yep. Hmm. But uh, but that's not the lingo in 2020. Got it. Right. Get with wow. it. If I said that, I'd be like, that guy's from 2018. That guy's so <laughs> yeah. 2018. Yeah. If you texted us that, we would totally would have R-bombed you. For sure. <laughs> uh, all right. So should we get to the emails? Yeah. Lizzie has a question. She says, my friend's boyfriend of a little over a month was DMing a girl on Instagram and flirting with her. He also told her to come out to L.A. My friend found out and she broke up with him. Our other friend says, why? He wasn't cheating. They were only talking on Instagram. We say he was cheating on her. Would you say he was cheating? And do you believe once a cheater, always a cheater? Uh, To answer the first part of the question, yes, he was cheating on you. Maybe not physically, but definitely emotionally and definitely planning to cheat on you physically if he hadn't gotten there, if he went to Los Angeles. Number two to that question, once a cheater, always a cheater. I disagree with that for obvious reasons, but that's just my take. I don't know. Jared, what do you think? Uh, I'm pretty much on board with you on both ones. So like cheating to me is kind of, well, it's it's not the same, but like, you know how there's different stages of, of murder? There's premeditated or there's, you know, um, yep. you know, we're getting charged for uh, what are, what are second, degree, th- second degree, second degree murder, yes, third degree thank murder, manslaughter. Exactly, right? There's also different levels of cheating. So, like, I do feel like this falls under the cheating term, even though it's not physically cheating. Like, it's kind of like, you know, uh, uh, second-degree cheating, if you will. No, 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 no. I just – I'm sorry to interrupt you. I disagree with you. I think if this were murder, this is premeditated murder, which is the worst type of murder. This is premeditated cheating, which is the worst type of cheating. But he he didn't cheat yet. You know what I mean? But he had planned to. You could still get – you could still get arrested for conspiring to murder someone. (laughs) This guy should get dumped for conspiring to cheat on his girlfriend. But you don't get charged with first-degree murder if the murder Uh. never happened. Fair. Okay, I see where you're coming from, and so I, I think agree this with is you. Cons- this conspiracy to cheat, which is very bad, and I still think falls under the cheating label. Okay. But I, 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 I do agree. Like, I can see the other friend saying, "Well, this isn't the worst level of cheating," and it's not, but it's still cheating. I agree. Secondly, I absolutely agree with you, Dean. Once a cheater is not always a cheater. People change. People evolve. People grow. People mature. You have to give them, you know, you have to give people a second chance. Human beings, things are not black and white. You know, everything's in the gray. I don't even think it's necessary. Like, if you get cheated on, I don't think you owe that person a second chance. But if you date someone that's cheated in the past, that's maybe someone you owe the, owe it to them and yourself for to figure out whether they're still going to be cheaters. And when I think about this, and as we were talking about the cheating thing, I've talked about this before. Like, when I was much, much younger than I am now, I, like, got drunk and kissed a girl while I was dating someone else. That's cheating. But that's like in my drunken, in, in, in uninhibited state, I made a mistake that I felt sorry for later on. That's like, in my opinion, a lesser form of cheating. Yeah, that's like manslaughter. Right. And I'm grateful now that my girlfriend can look at that and forgive me for doing that because she understands what I did and why I did it and how stupid it was and how I regret it, et cetera. So that's, that's, yeah, that's what I thought of when you were saying that. And I agree with you. I didn't mean give the the person that you cheated on a second chance, but like if someone has said, yes, I've cheated in a relationship before, that doesn't mean they're always a cheater. 
That just yes, means that agreed. like you can move on. They were in the wrong spot. They were young. They were stupid. Totally. And I hope the also the the audience realizes that you know we're we're with the analogies to uh, murder and manslaughter. We're kind of a little you know joking. Let's you know just, just <laughs> I don't put, know put pretty, that out there. Both like, pretty the, grave things to both do. Both grave things, but obviously one is far worse than the other. Listen, if you get if if I get cheated on, they're dead to me anyway. So they might as well be murdered. You know. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, but you're right. Before I say anything else, it's really stupid. Maybe we should move on to the next email. Or we, I kind of want to get Mark and Easton's take on this, too. What do you guys think? Well, real quick, um, I think women come out more fully formed than men do. And so teenage boys and boys in their 20s are stupid and will do stupid things. And they will realize how stupid that was and figure it out. So, yes, I believe that people can change and mature. And also, you don't hear it talked about much, but people who cheat put themselves in a position to cheat. And that's exactly what this guy was doing. He was laying the groundwork for yeah. cheating. But, but like, there is no, it doesn't just happen. It's not just an accidental thing. You don't just fall on top of somebody. You set it up. You go, you're on a work trip and you invite somebody to your room. You go to the bar with somebody you work with. You start drinking together. There's usually alcohol involved. And if you start doing that, you are, like Dean, in your situation, you were drinking with that girl, you ended up kissing her. Well, you probably should have been drinking with her in the first place when you had a girlfriend. You know, it kind of it, you start going down the road, and this guy was going way full speed down the road. Yeah, yeah, you put yourself in Absolutely. bad positions. But uh, also, Mark, to not uh, undersell myself, you said guys are s- stupid in their early twenties. I am thirty-one years old, my friend, and I am still. Very <laughs> stupid. Yeah, yep, I, yep. I apologize. Thank Don't you. short sell me. <laughs> nice. Did Easton want to weigh in? I don't know. Do you? I, I don't know how I could say it any better than than you guys have. How about this? <laughs> this guy was this guy was not cheating. Okay, he was just being nice to <laughs> to a new friend, and I think he should be rewarded. He's a hero. There you go. I love the uh, devil's advocacy. It's great, hey. yeah. but you're wrong. Oh. All right, a quote oh. from Amanda. My name is Amanda, and I'm happily married. I have recently run into one of my exes, and it brought up a lot of emotions and anger when seeing him. Our relationship ended badly, and all those emotions came flooding back. Is this normal or how do I let go of everything? I by no means want to hash it out with this guy. I just want to not care anymore about what happened. Jared, what do you think? Yeah, it's completely normal. Like, again, we're humans. We have emotions and we we do smart things and we do dumb things. And sometimes we care and sometimes we don't care. And about exes, yeah, it's it's very easy just to say, oh, I don't even care about that person anymore. Like, you know, it's just like, yes, you're happy, you're married, and that's great, and you've moved on, and that's amazing, and I'm sure you don't want any ill will towards this person, but I also don't want you to think that it's completely abnormal for you to see an ex and then just feel weird about it. I mean, I I like, you know, uh, Ashley and I just were in Jersey visiting her family a few weeks ago, and um you know we went to places where she was very depressed about a guy and she's like this feels weird to be here with you because you're my husband and here i was like 10 years ago in this very same spot crying over a guy that i thought i was madly in love with and so you know it's it's completely normal and you just have to accept that and and uh be okay with it yeah i agree i think it's totally normal to have old feelings uh breach the surface sometimes but I think what really differentiates uh, the good from the bad as in terms of like how you should feel about yourself is if you let those feelings lead to action. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they do lead to action involving this ex of yours, that's when you should really start feeling bad about it, right? Because it's normal to have feelings. Like Jared said, we're all human. We all 
experience things. And it's, it's stupid to uh, say that everything that we've experienced is no longer going to affect us in the future. But if you let that affect your actions going forward, especially when you're committed to someone for the rest of your life, that's when it gets bad. Yeah, kind of like the previous emailer, you know, where this guy that was going to cheat on his girlfriend put himself in a really bad position. That's what usually happens. Like, you have to kind of have that same mindset with this. Don't put yourself in a bad position. Like, you're going to, yeah, you're going to see your ex and like all these emotions are going to come flooding back. But then you have to just move on with your life and realize you're happily married and, and look towards the future and don't dwell on the past. Don't like stalk this guy on social media to see what he's up to. And then like, think about reaching out. Don't just don't even put yourself in a bad situation like that. Like just accept the fact that it's okay that these emotions came running, running back to you. And then, you know, look, look towards the future, you know, with the person that you're happy with right now. This is very Tanya rad advice I'm about to give. But I Gee, think it could help. I already like it. Write this guy a letter. Write down everything you want to say. Get it all out. And then destroy the letter and do not send it. Oh, I like that. way of getting it all off your chest and everything you would like to say to him, but without engaging him, which would be weird, without bringing him back into your world again. It's all weird. Just do it. Write it down. And maybe even symbolically, if you've got a safe way to do it, burn it. And there's a symbolism there of getting it all out and then letting it all go up into the air. That's such good advice. Why has Tanya never been on Help I Suck at Dating? <laughs> Would it be helpful? I mean, we basically just got a small glimpse of her and we saw how great it was. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. Would it be helpful to talk about it like with a friend or something like, like just to, so you can get it out in a better way? Or do you think like you shouldn't bring anyone else into this at all besides her oh, favorite podcast? I, I, well, the favorite, you can always bring it to your favorite podcast, yeah. obviously. We're an open door here, but I, I do, I think it's a great idea. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, not that I can't talk about things with Ashley, but I can't talk about them as extensively or as in detail as I want to that I could with like one of my closest guy friends, you know? And, mm -hmm. and she actually just experienced that. She hung out with my sister and one of our really close friends. And uh, they went to the beach and I went golfing and she got to like, she said she was like, it was so much fun because we got to talk about like exes and boys and just like, you know, talk about dumb stuff that like, I just, I can't talk to you about. And I'm like, I totally understand that. Like I, I you know, sometimes I'm sure if I saw an ex, I'd want to just like vent about it for 30, you know, for 30 seconds and I can't do that to her. So I, I would talk about it with a friend. I think your advice is valid, Easton. And it's, it's always nice to hear from a friend about uh, why that person is your ex. Yes. And they usually know the best reason as to why they're your ex. Right. It's always good to get it that way as well. Um, sweet. Well, you guys, I feel like that might have been our most uh, successful email response segment ever, I think. Feeling good about it. Feeling I feel pretty good about it. Pretty it was, good. It was a pleasure that, to be a part of it. That just means, Mark, Easton, you guys need to uh, involve yourselves with these emails every single week. So uh, you've just added another uh, uh, checklist to the old job. Sorry about that. There is no doubt if there's if there's one good thing to come uh, from this whole COVID pandemic and, and having to zoom in for these podcasts is we get to see Easton and Mark a lot more than we, I guess, had eventually started seeing less and less of them in studio. So I'll, I'll take it. You know, it's like the small victories that we have to learn to live with. And I think it's just it's it's only good for the Help I Suck a Dating podcast. Yeah, they were becoming too big for our podcast. But now with COVID, they're forced to zoom in <laughs> right back down to earth. <laughs> hey, listen, we're we're still going to win that People's Choice Award this year or next year. I don't remember when we said we were going to win one, but we are still going to win year, one. You know, 2020, we can't count this year. 
Yes, and when we win it, Mark and Easton, I, I guarantee, we'll probably start doing this podcast three or four times a week, so hopefully you guys get used to that. Anyways, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. Thank you guys all for listening. Big thank you to Michelle. Be sure to follow her on Instagram. It is at michelle.lawrence with two E's on the end of Lawrence. Um, big thank you to Lizzie and Amanda for emailing in. Hopefully we were able to help you guys with your questions. And of course... What is Mark holding up over there? Easton and I are both holding up our People's Choice Awards. Uh, the People's oh. Choice Awards. Does that say scrubbing in on it? Right you there, bastards. it sure does. Yeah, well, congratulations yeah, yeah, yeah. Scrubbing. It's very, oh, look at that. You guys both have it right in front of you. Isn't that nice? What do I have? I have a Khloe <laughs> Kardashian candle. That's and I've got this Starbucks cup. But hey, I'll tell you what. This time next year, we're all going to be able to hold our People's Choice Awards up to That's the Zoom right. uh, video <laughs> camera. Uh, big thank you to all you guys, Jared, Mark, Easton. Thank you guys for being part of the podcast. Thank you to the listeners. Be sure to tune in next week where maybe we will suck just a little bit less. Follow Help by Suck at Dating on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. On Thursday, February 29th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you can celebrate an extra day of Black History Month with Walmart. This event is free and open to the public at two locations, Flatiron Plaza in New York City and Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's the perfect time to try, like, and share black-led products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Love at First Sight still exists. It's available at your local shelter. This June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions.